Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers. On today's podcast, I have Michael Dyer. His life mission is to support others in overcoming their limited beliefs and transforming their lives. He is proof that with practice of mindfulness, anyone can change, anyone has a chance to become a, a <laughs> try that again. He is, he is proof that with the practice of mindfulness, anyone has a chance at a successful life. If that is true for him, it must be true for you. The choice is yours. Are you willing to become the living proof that anything is possible? Will you allow your inherent truths to reveal themselves through the patterns and the viscitudes of your life? It's an interesting right. word. Yeah, I know it is. Viscitudes. Uh, will you make bricks from straw? So that is a bit of Michael's bio. And with that being said, I'd like to know, welcome Michael Dreyer, uh, Dyer onto the show. Uh, it is an honor and pleasure. Dear friends of mine, John Shi, Michael, thank you for so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. We had some technical difficulties uh, getting on. So we're doing this not from the typical restream, but we're doing this from Zoom. And uh, and uh, just from a couple of just talking with you shortly, I, I can tell this is going to be um, a very um, epic and meaningful podcast. So thank you for coming on. Well, thank you. Uh, so we were talking just a little bit earlier about our mutual friend, uh, John Chi, uh, who has a crazy business trying to, you know, end aging and reverse reverse aging and cure stem cells and all that stuff. And you guys, and you said that you met at where again? Uh, University of Santa Monica. University of Santa Monica. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was that in one of the, um, uh, one of the <laughs> classes around consciousness? Yes, it is. Mind mastery. Mind mastery. Yes. Very, very cool. What got you onto the whole path of mind mastery? Oh my goodness, man, where do I start? Dude, uh, growing up as a kid uh, back in Memphis, Tennessee, um, all the challenges growing up poor, my mom and dad wasn't around, my grandma raised being poor, struggling, you know, looking at other people, looking at my life and saying, why me? You know, why is my life so hard? Why was I born in this situation? And so what it did, it, it, it made me want to seek out answers. You know, I, I studied uh, Kabbalah, I studied spirituality, religion, and you name it, looking for the answer and no one could give me the answer. You know, I remember being in church and um, I, I would ask this question, if God is everywhere, does that mean that God is right here? If God is all powerful, then how does the devil have power? And they said, boy, shut up. <laughs> don't ask those questions that's the devil's at work because i couldn't understand if god is everywhere then he also he must be in hell if he's all powerful then how does the devil has power and if god's all knowing he had to know that the devil was going to be the devil <laughs> it was confusing so what happened human being lost me in the beginning yeah, yeah. He lost me you know here's this kid trying to figure out okay this doesn't make sense to me so that's what started me on my journey. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's been an interesting journey. I mean. It sounds like, you know, part of the journey is when we start out, there's a thing that happens to us on, the, on these types of journeys where it's like 
there's all these hardships. There's all these things that are happening to me and, and life isn't fair and it's not fair. And why does that guy have it better than me? And this is so much, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And why is this such a cruel, painful world? And there's usually a shift that happens from being the victim to being the victor or, or, or owning that or taking looking life as a gift and that type of things that happened and looking at the making bricks of a straw. What was your moment in which you shifted mindsets from being the victim to being the master? Wow. Well, there's, there's different levels. Sure. You know, there's different levels. Um, a moment. I guess one level, one moment was um, uh, my grandma had passed away and, um, and I was homeless. So I was staying with different people and uh, sleeping on the floor, sleeping wherever I could. And because coming from a poor environment, people couldn't really afford to have me take up their space. So it, they sort of made me feel uncomfortable with me, you know, going to the refrigerator, grabbing food and stuff like that. Um, it got to the point that, uh, you know, I got, I got kicked out. And I remember having this old car and I was sleeping in it. And one night I, I had enough. It was cold. It was a cold winter night in Memphis. And um, I drove my car down the Mississippi River and I was wanted to end it all. And so as I was getting ready to pull it over the cliff into the Mississippi River, um, you know, crime breaking down, uh, I started hearing voices and people were laughing. I told you something wrong with that boy. I knew he couldn't make it. I, I sort of saw my funeral and the anger. At that moment, I said to myself, I would never beg for bread again. And I began to do whatever I needed to do. I, you know, I, I got a job working as a security guard at a building, whatever, to go, whatever I needed to do. But at that moment, it was that feeling sorry for myself. I turned that to anger. And that anger was, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. Yeah. So that was the first level. The anger brought me through, you know, the depression. That was the first level. Um, and then after that, um, I started doing pretty good. I, you know, got a little job and everything, but I was always struggling and I was, how do I say, I was always struggling because what happened is that someone said, you can't solve a problem with the mind that created it. Someone once said that you have to, especially biblically, they said, renew your mind. Well, I was thinking, how do you renew your mind? So what I was doing is that I was creating stuff over and over again. And every time I wanted to get out of a situation, I had to make myself angry to get out of it. There was no love in it. Well, can you imagine living a life where that anger was my only motivation? Not love, but anger. So I was doing things, not because I loved it, I do it because I had to do it, because I'm gonna show these mother that they can't defeat me. So um, that's one level of, so as I began to advance more and more, stop me when you want to, but I, as I was getting to advance, I began to develop different ways of how do I change my mindset? Yeah. What do I do? What's interesting about that is I've noticed that there's a pathway uh, a lot of times with like entrepreneurs and stuff where you need to have that like, like that F you, I'm gonna do it anyways energy to get going. It's very difficult if you like if you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. And you start at that base level of survive, right? 
and you go up and up and up. I feel like a lot of times people try to skip that step of like ego progress. Like I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, that using that, that fu energy as like a as an engine as a fuel source to get you to where you want to go and i feel like sometimes if you bypass that and you just try to go straight into meditations you skip the very difficult thing of the producing the creation the the achievement stuff and you don't actually figure that out so a lot of people will get enlightened but they won't actually they'll they'll miss out on the production side of things for survival and so they'll have this kind of false enlightenment where they have, oh, I'm enlightened, but I'm actually really just afraid to ask for the sale. I'm afraid I'm, it's difficult for me to actually do this difficult thing. And they'll just try to hop past that step until they starve and then they drop down into it. I very much like, I remember this one scene from The Simpsons, the movie. I don't remember The Simpsons the movie, but they had a scene where there's all these people in the bar and all these people in church. And when the comet came, it's like it's like the last moment everyone's going to survive and everyone's going to die the people from the bar went to the church and people from the church went to the bar all right they just like switched over but have you seen the thing where you need to go through the pattern of going through like the anger and then the anger gets to production and then you feel an emptiness and then you go on to that step or is there actually a way to be able to skip that step of using that 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 male aggression of achievement and be able to go right into enlightenment and still be able to produce. Mm. I've seen that as a pattern for people. And I was curious yeah. about what your thoughts are around that. You know, growing up, I had no idea that there was different levels and different patterns. And so what I was doing is that just winging it and trying to, <laughs> all I had was the spiritual uh, way of approaching things, you know, mm. pray to God. And I saw my grandma pray to God. And so what it is, it was disempowering because the fact is, if I, if I grew up seeing my grandmother, every time she needs something, she would go to God for it. Yeah. It's almost as bad as we as in America have our Superman and our Wonder Woman and our, those, those people come to rescue us. Superman is what? He is his whole job. You think that Superman is a great guy, but he really he disempowers us because every time I'm in trouble, guess who I call? Yeah. Well, I'm going to call Superman. Yeah. So what happened? I'm not able to capable take care of myself, so I'm gonna go look. So what happened is that I began to look for Superman. Yeah. You know, and I'll call Superman God, Jesus, whatever Jehovah, whatever you want to call him. But yeah. that was my Superman. That right there to me was the bad programming. Mm. And the reason, because the fact is, the fact is, I needed somebody to rescue me. So I was looking my whole life for somebody to rescue me. I was like, save me. Yeah because that's part of the program i don't know if you grew up like that I don't seem like you did it seemed like you grew up in a family where you you knew your worth and you knew your power <laughs> you knew who you were and you were able to step into that knowing you could solve your own problem whereas for me not so much i could be totally wrong but i'm just throwing it on you yeah man throw it yeah, throw it away that, no for me i mean yeah i mean i grew up in a thing where i was like the smallest kid and i was smacked around i was like you're not you're not really valuable right you got to go go off, go do things. And so I was always seeking, I was trying to consume, trying to consume love, trying to consume it, trying to prove my worth. Right. And there's a lot of things where for myself younger, I, was, I had a lot of, a lot of issues around like feeling not good enough, you know, and not, and, you know, just trying to like, and trying to settle in a lot of things with, uh, with intensity, trying to survive. The thing that you're talking about, 
that I think is really important, and I have an example of this, is when you're looking for a savior, when you're looking for someone to save you, you get both sides of that coin. You want someone to come and save you, and then when they don't save you, you persecute them, right? And you have that yes. savior persecution, right? You're like, oh, please save me. Take care of my problems and all that fun stuff, but then you don't. But if that person picks you up and throws you on their shoulders and climbs you up the mountain and says, okay, you're here. You're like, I don't want to be here. Why'd you bring me here? And you persecute that person and you slide right back down the mountain because you didn't make that journey yourself. You didn't earn it. You don't appreciate it. And you discount and disqualify that person. And you end up going right back to where the spot you earned. So I don't know if you've had that experience because you're talking about that, 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 that wanting someone to save you like Superman, come fly me to the top of the mountain. Right. You know, I want to take that ski lift, Superman ski lift up to the top of the mountain. When you really got to track yourself up that mountain, have you, do you have, you're talking about that. Do you have a specific example or story around that? And, 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 and when you decided to be your own Superman? That right there is a good one because mm -hmm. I still struggle with wanting someone to rescue me. Um, it's, it's almost like a, a hyp hypnotic state that the world seeking outside myself for answers. You know, the last place most people decide to look is inside. You know, and so when you say when did I discover like, okay, now I got to do this. I think, I think the day that I got mad at God, I got mad at God, I cursed God, take me out dog. This ain't working for me. Why'd you bring me here? What's the point? Yeah. And um, I had to sort of deny God in order to, to, I'm gonna do this shit on my, I'm gonna do this shit myself. You know, um, were you looking to God as a savior? Is yeah, that what you're no talking doubt. about? Oh, cause, you're, cause was... you're praying to God, like, Oh, save me from this situation. This, this shit that I put myself into, get me out of it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Please Lord, help me. Help me. Yeah, Lord, help yeah. me. I'm in trouble because yeah. that's, that's what I learned to do. So what happened to me is that I moved to California. Right. And when I got here, you know, I was doing pretty good, making, doing a lot of work and stuff, you know, acting, modeling, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, all my money ran out and I'm in this single apartment. Yeah. Uh, car, car being repossessed. Um, uh, it, it, uh, what's that uh, notice they put on your door when you want, to, want you to move? Eviction Yeah, evicted, notice. evicted, you yeah, You sure. don't know nothing about that. You didn't even know that word. So <laughs> I can tell, you know, like, I've had my hard mean? times. I've had <laughs> okay, my hard okay. times. I'm just teasing you, man. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, laying, I'm laying in there in the bed for like two weeks, dude. Yeah. And I'm praying to God like nobody's business. I need your help, Lord. Please help me, la, 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 la. Yeah. And then at one point, I said, forget it. You know, it's interesting that I would always go to that suicidal thought. Let me take myself out. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I did something different this time. I laid in the bed. I'm crying. I'm balled up in the fetal position. And, and I just, at one point, I, I just said, F it. 
Do your do, life hit me with your best shot. Whatever you got, life hit me. If you want to take all this away, I'm take it. You want to take my life, take it. You want to take my car, my house, take it. You can have it. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> and I laid there in the bed. I just laid there, and something came over me. Now being in the bed for the whole week. That was a that was a Friday when I when I decided to to let it go. That was that morning. And I was I surrender. I'm cool. Whatever happens. About five o'clock, I get a phone call from my agent, and she and they said, "You know that commercial you did? Well, it just went worldwide. Eighty thousand dollars just coming your way. You can pick it up on Monday." Now. There was still no money in my pocket. All I had was the information that the money was there. How do you think my weekend went? Yeah, flying high, flying ain't high. Ain't, ain't nothing changed, but <laughs> shit changed, but the information. Then nothing changed but the information. Yo. You know, they. What if they would have called me the next day? I'm sorry, you was the wrong Michael Dyer when I got there. You know what I mean? The only thing changed. I was like, wait a minute. So all this is just happening inside of me. Yeah. You know, the whole time I was stressed, the whole time I was depressed, my agent, they were working a deal out for me that I didn't even know about. Because usually when you work out a deal like that, it's about, you know, it takes a week or two or whatever. I didn't know all that was going on. So at that point, I realized that, wait a minute, I was attacked by my own mind. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I experienced it. Now, the second time I experienced it, I went to, I, I did something called Vipassana, mm -hmm. where you uh, meditate for 10 days in the desert. And this was up in, uh, in, 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 actually in the mountains. I did it five times. And I remember sitting there, the teacher said, sit there and, you know, focus on your breathing. Are you familiar with it? Um, I haven't done it. I've always wanted to do it. It's a silent, it's silent meditation, 10 days, right? Something like yeah, that. Exactly. Okay. No talking, no phone, yeah. nothing. Right. And I'm sitting there meditating. You got to focus on your breathing. Focus on your body for 10 days from four o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. You get breaks along the way. Uh, throughout that experience, guess what? I cried. I was angry. But there was no one doing it to me. Guess who was doing it to me? Yeah, you. Yes. <laughs> That's, that blew me away, dude. That I was attacking myself. That I hated myself so much. That, that no one was around and I was still doing the dirt to myself. I was still putting myself down. At one point, that voice said to me, boy, you should just give up. You should just give up. You're going to end up dying broke and alone. And I was, and I, because you can't talk out loud. So I said to myself in my own voice, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing that? I became a victim of my own conversation. Now you help me out with this because I know Dylan, I know you deep like that. Who's the where those voices? Well, who are the voices? Who, who was the first voice and who was the second voice? Who was the voice telling me I'm gonna die alone? And who was the voice that say, Why are you doing this to me? Talk to me, man. Teach me here. <laughs> I don't know how to teach you. I was coming to me, and I don't know if this is right or not, right? You have traumas, right? You have you have the little boy inside of you, you know. I mean, one of the, one of the things that like what it makes me think of is the old lesson about, um, like Joseph Campbell's one of the guys I studied all the time, right? And the dude's the dude drops knowledge like no one's business. 
Um, and you ever heard the story about the old, uh, the golden Buddha? You ever heard about that? Yeah, say it, tell me, tell it. You want to tell it or you, you yeah, want to for me with it? I'll, 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 I'll tell it, but it'll just tie it into what we're talking about, right? And mm -hmm. so there's an old story about a Buddhist village, right? There's a golden Buddha statue, right? It's an old monk village. And there's little, you know, then all of a sudden the Mongol horde, I'm going to speed this up, is going to come invade the village. And they're like, we got to get out of here. They said, but the issue is if we leave the statue, the golden statue, they're going to take the golden Buddha. So what do we do? And they're like, we can't move it. So they cover it with dirt and clay and rocks and dirt. And they, they cover the whole thing with the golden statue. So it's covered in dirt. And so nobody wants it. And they leave. The Mongol horde comes. They look around. They don't see any people. They look at the statue. It's just covered in dirt. It's like, oh, that's just a dirty statue. They take off. The monk village comes back and then they completely forget about the golden buddha statue because they just think it's an old dirty statue so one day a boy hits the statue a piece of the thing falls off the dirt they see the gold the buddha's golden the buddha's golden the buddha's golden they come they rip off the all the dirt the clay and they find out the, the story the, the the buddha itself is golden moral story is this is that the story is the the statue the little the golden statue is your inner child and in order to protect ourselves, we cover ourselves up with dirt and clay and things to protect ourselves against the world. And our whole purpose in life is to remove the armor and the dirt and the clay to let our own inner light, our own inner child shine. And so you have traumas, survival patterns that try to protect you on the inside to say, hey, I'm going to cover myself up. I'm going to say I'm stupid. I'm going to say I'm a failure. I'm going to say I can't do this. And that's armor that you try to arm yourself up against life to try to protect yourself and empower yourself. And the whole point of it is to let that go so that you can let your inner light shine. And so you have basically your inner child talking to your survival patterns, trying to protect yourself while you're trying to be free. And so that's a little bit of what I think of when I, when you say that, but I'm not, that's my well, take on it. What about you? That, that is very powerful. I, I love that story. When you was talking, it, it, it reminded me of something else. I yeah. got a, a hit on it was that, um, that that golden buddha is us we are that golden like you said we're that golden we're that but some kind of way we we have forgotten we put all this stuff on it we don't see ourselves we can't i don't i couldn't see myself yeah. you know i can't see my i couldn't you know i can't see my own beauty i can't see my i couldn't see my own light yeah. And so what I did, I, you know, that's why I think peer pressure works because I'm searching for someone else to give me, tell me how pretty I am, how smart I am, how yeah. strong I am. You know, yeah. I get into relationship wanting them to see that in me Yeah. because I can't see it. And I remember uh, being in the class and, uh, you know, I'm speaking in front, of, in front of 200 people. And when I was done speaking, people came to me, hugging me. Oh, that was so great. You're so amazing. You're so beautiful. Oh my goodness. And I started crying because I couldn't see what they was what they could see. Yeah. How come I can't see it? How come I can't see it? How come I can't see my light? How come I can't see my beauty? How come I can't see my strength? Why is that? And then something dawned on me is the fact is, is that we weren't meant to see our beauty, our light. We were meant to be like the sun. The sun shines. It serves billions. It is bright as heck. It doesn't need my. It doesn't need anybody to tell me, "Oh, sun, you're so bright. You're so pretty." 
Because what happened is that that's part of the programming is that we I have been programmed, we've been programmed to look for approval. And as you said earlier about that, about the trauma from the kids, you know, as a child growing up, I was always looking for approval. Yeah. And, and, and for some reason, the teacher lets you know, you know, you get the gold star if you do something good, you know, that the whole world has programmed me to look for approval. The whole world has programmed me that, that, that sources out there. And then, so the, the, the reason I began, and I think that's why I've gone through everything I've gone through so that, so that I can help those who come behind me. Mm to see that golden Buddha, 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 Buddha yeah, inside yeah, yeah. themselves. You see what I'm saying? Stop I, me in a given time. I was say, I on I was, no, no, it's fine. We'll flow back and forth. It, what, what, let me ask you this. There's a difference from being love and consuming love. There's a, there's a, there's a difference from like letting your light shine versus like needing the acknowledgement from others along the way. Right. So how do you, how do you create that mindset shift? From the from the consumption of love to being love, yeah. Right, what, it, so what does that look like? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, it, it is. Uh, what, what's coming to mind is that it's a state of being, like just being, mm -hmm. like a flower. Just is be. You know, you see a beautiful flower, right? It's just mm -hmm. being a flower, right? It, you know, it, no matter if no one around, if everybody's around, the flower is a flower. We are supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be in that state of just being, like a like a baby. You know, you have you seen a baby, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, the baby is just being. It's not trying to get approval. It's not trying to give. It's, try, it's not trying to make you do all those things. And you be like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. <sighs> And you, you are in awe because it's a state of being. So what I'm, what I'm feeling in the work that I do is that with meditation, you just get to be, be present with oneself. And I think our natural state is, is the essence of, of the creator. Your natural state, when we take off this body suit, this bio body suit, you will find nothing but light. You know, and when we point to like I told you, point to yourself. So point to yourself real quick. Just a minute, thing. Point to you. Point. Right, right. Now, interesting. You, I'm sure you did this exercise before. Why did you point here? I point here? Yeah, why did you point right there? It's the closest to my heart. Mm -hmm. What well, it is, we've been taught that, that we are the body. Mm. But, you know, and that's, that's, what, that's, what we have, that's what we have to change. I am not my body, but I do have one. I'm not the necklace that I have around my neck, but I do have one. I'm not the shoes on my feet, but I do have shoes. So it's, it's, it's being get able to, to shift from, from knowing thyself. Who are you? Knowing thyself. And that's the re, redefining who I am. And that's how I think that you begin to be in that state of love. I am love. I am love. I am love. Take that in for a moment. Take a breath. I am love. Now, I am love. Now, the first thing come up is we got to understand what, what does love feel like? Because then the brain want to kick in. What, what does love feel like? 
And, and, and so, because love itself is a word that has different meanings. You know, I'm sure that somebody said to you, I love you, and then you say, I love you, and yet we assume that those, that I love you are the same, even though they're the same words. When I say I love you, it might mean I like you a lot. When you say I love you, it means like, you know, I give my life to you. And we call ourselves having a relationship because we're using the same words, the same word, and yet they have different meanings. So what it is is what does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? For me, love means just the way I am, I'm enough. Love means to me that nothing can establish my worth. My worth has already been established and invaluable. Love means to me that there's something divine about me. There's something unique about me. There's something that I, love means that I am one with everything around me. I'm one with the ground, with the, the air that is and the environment is touching me. I'm one with the sun. I'm one with my breath. Love means to me that I have nothing to prove. It's interesting. Yeah. A lot of things that you're talking about when you talk about love is the way that you're phrasing a lot of this is around unconditional love. Yeah. I have, I have, I am worthy without needing to prove it. I am unconditional. I, because I am here, I, I deserve love. It, there's a lot of the, the words, the statements that you've used are a lot around unconditionality versus with significant others. It is conditional. As much as we like, don't like to say it's not conditional. There are a series of things that your significant other could do or anybody could do that could break that form of love. And what I think is interesting, I feel like the love that you're expressing was just going on with me right now is that the internal love for yourself should be unconditional. It should be a form of unconditionality. But I feel like with other people, there are sometimes there's a ways to harm someone that someone does things that can can break that. But for yourself, just by being here, you are loved. But let me ask a question. If, if someone else is in your life, there's a significant other or anybody else, and they do things that cause harm or damage, say even intentionally, whatever that might be, uh, physical harm, mental harm, psychological harm, financial harm, and they do that, do you still love that person or does it change? Mm. I think if, if there's authentic and real love and I love myself, mm. that I love myself enough to not allow myself to be in that in environment, I can still love them but I love myself to not keep myself in that abuse. Mm. So the highest form of love, what you're talking about is loving yourself enough to say that you are going to make the highest decision for you above all other people to support the highest love for yourself. And you can love them. You just can't love them and have them be in your life at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That and that, but it's so different from what we've been programmed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think it was the Course in Miracles talks about the fact is we look for another what is missing in us. We look for what's in another that what is missing in us. Yeah. So I want you and we'll use that word. I want somebody who can to complete me. Yeah. You know, the other half of me. That 
does that make sense so it does make sense but also makes sense from a male perspective of a lot of times with guys we don't have a lot of expressions of emotion you know we usually get a couple emotions we get pissed or good and we don't get a lot of ranges of emotion that we can really experience except in in our significant others and so we try to like as a child you know they they express everything they're happy they're sad they're you know i have a, a niece and nephew they're like currently like eight and ten years old but they they're just they'll be happy one second mad the other happy again sad they're just in the moment shifting around and they've got the full spectrum of emotions and i feel like as men we box away a lot of emotions and the only way we usually get to express it is if we express love it's usually through sex or through a significant other you get one very small vector of it and we don't even oftentimes get a chance to just instead of being the love for ourselves and loving ourselves and being intimate with ourselves and giving that to us we try to consume that through a significant other or another person or something else. And so we don't really get that range. And so as a man, often, I'm not speaking to all men, we don't have a lot of those, we're trying to complete a lot of sets that we're not, we don't have access to unless we're trying to get it through somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that, that is real. That used to be me. Oh. Um, me too. I think my thing was like uh, sleep with uh when I slept with someone, I thought that, that they were giving me their approval. <laughs> yeah, seeking validation. validation. Like if, if I can get a woman to sleep with me, then I am valuable as a man. Yes. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're like, ah, I'm worthy of I'm worthy of love because I can get a woman to sleep with me. I thought I was the only one. You too? <laughs> Dog, for real? Man. Totally. Yeah. I, I know it totally resonates with me too. Cause it's like, it's like, I, it's like, I don't feel valuable unless I get this right. That was the, that was but, the dialogue. But that's how they program us though. Yeah. As a kid, you saw the guy with a lot of girls. He was the dude that he must be valuable. He, you know, there was always look at Louis so-and-so look at little Dylan, all the girls mm-hmm. like him, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was programmed that if we got women to like us, to love us, that means we were lovable. That means I was valuable. Yeah, we're worthy. You know, and the, you, you, you've seen people, what things that do would do to get that love. They'll get, yeah. make money, drive cars. If they can't afford to have a nice apartment, they'll get a nice car because they want that love. They want that validation. It is a program. The women do it too in their own way because we're all just in, we're just, there's, we don't, there's no class in how to love yourself. There's no class and how to be authentic. You know what I mean? And it's funny, it's mentioned that authentic. I actually created some cards with 144 questions and because in my relationship, I found that I was always lying to women because I had an agenda, you know? So I didn't tell them all my dark, dark secrets. No, I'm telling all the good shit. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. I played basketball. Oh man, I've seen that happen with a lot of my friends. Uh, my uh, so you know, I'm 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 married. I'm in a relationship. Very happy. All that all that jazz. I have uh, some of my friends who um, are more single, and I could speak to that. I've done this in the past too. But like, you know, there's the I want to keep a good thing going in a relationship, and so I don't want to mention to them all the other things that's going to cause me to not be sexual with that partner or whatever that right. thing is. Right. And so you don't you don't tell them all of the activities and all the things that might might drop you out of the eligibility to to be intimate with that partner uh, because yeah. you so deeply want that 
That totally makes sense. Because you want it for love. It's not like you just want a lot of people to, to use them. It's no. self-esteem. Yeah. It's about my self-esteem. Yeah. And it's, it's the connection. You build a bond with that person. If you feel it, it, the, I've noticed that humans are really weird that we're like two things at the same time. Like we want to be completely authentic, but we also want to be completely accepted. Right. We right. are, uh, uh, you know, uh, infinite connected to the cosmos and a speck of nothingness. Right. We were both sides of the thing at the same time. And it's like, and it's finding that balance of what, which the two do I completely say who I am and what I do, but then I get rejected from the tribe and kicked out of the tribe. So like, how have you tried to find balance between both sides of those polarities? Or is it, is it all just being completely authentic and just, you know, whatever happens, I, I drop the people. But can you, can you say anything about that? I think that, you know, after being married yeah. for like 19 years, Mm -hmm. um, my relationship happened, interestingly, pretty fast. I met my wife in Jamaica. Uh, there was a film festival going on there. And we met at, a, at, the, at one of the suites. It was a party. And I met her one month. And she moved in the second month. She was in Chicago wow. and I'm in LA. So she came to visit, never left. Because, <laughs> you know, my rap is that good. You know, my stuff is that good, man. <laughs> You know I'm how sure, it is, I'm sure. bro. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm just saying, dude. I'm just, just saying. No. Strong game. <laughs> strong, baby. <laughs> no, what I realized because I, you know, I realized at that time that um, here's this beautiful woman. She modeled in, in Paris, you know, Runway Magazine, you know, all that. So in a way, she gave me work. She wants me because yeah. I couldn't see my light. She wants me, man. She's into me. And so I didn't ask the questions that I should have asked. Now, we, we, we had to go backwards. And I wasn't authentic. So all of a sudden now you realize I can't keep up this facade, you know, of the perfect guy. No, I, I can't tell it like, you know what, I'm really scared and I'm not really that successful. I'm working on my acting, but I haven't really done, but I've done a few roles, but nothing. No, I'm not famous, and and um, I guess I couldn't see my light, and so I guess being authentic was very difficult because what I realize now is that the relationship I need to have is with my inner child. Uh, I found myself doing more for people on the out there than doing for my inner child. I found myself keeping my word to people out there instead of keeping my word to my inner child. You know, I find myself wanting to protect everybody else, but not protect my inner child. And I realized, but she has been my greatest teacher because I realized there was nothing I could do when she still wasn't happy. I mean, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Let me change, if I change, maybe that. You know, I was doing everything. And I realized, wait a minute, she's my teacher and she's teaching me that you're, 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 you're sending the energy in the wrong direction. You need to go and, and, and nurture little Mikey and say, hey, I forgive, I forgive myself for judging myself as unlovable. I forgive myself for judging myself as someone who don't deserve to have a wonderful relationship. I forgive myself for judging myself for not being smart or intelligent. The truth is I am intelligent. The truth is I am lovable. The truth is that I am strong. The truth is that there's no one in the world like me. I had to begin to 
go and heal him. And as I began to heal him, little Mikey, then it begins to spread into all the relationships around me. So what happened is that my relationship with my wife becomes a mirror. See, I was trying to change the mirror. <laughs> Fuck, this is a fucked up mirror. <laughs> Let me break this mirror. You know, realizing that every time I break a mirror, I had to break another mirror. And I break another mirror, realizing, oh, wait a minute, who's the common denominator here? You know, I'm blaming the mirror for my misery when it's me not loving me. Right? I don't really believe in the law of attraction. I believe in the law of reflection. I believe that everything reflects who I believe that I am. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, it does, actually. It's really interesting. The law of reflection. I, what that's doing for me is this. When you talk about reflection, I want to make sure I understand this correctly, is you're saying everybody, I mean, you can either be a candle or you can be a mirror, right? There's different ways to, to shine that light. And part of that is people are reflecting back who you are to them. And so a lot of times when people call out your, you know, uh, call you out, right, in a situation that, that you think that digs into you, you can, it can trigger some sort of thing that you feel very self-conscious about, right? If someone said, Dylan, you can't grow a beard, it doesn't really, doesn't really do anything to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm Italian. I kind of grow hair from here down. It doesn't really, doesn't really, doesn't do anything, right? But maybe they say something about me, right, that makes me very insecure, right? I know when I was younger, my, my brothers used to be from my intelligence, so I was very sensitive around that. So I overcompensated in that area. So somebody called out something about my, called me stupid or something like that. It was very triggering for me, made me very uncomfortable, very self-conscious, right? So that was like, ugh, right? But, that, but that's a mirror. Someone's holding up and the way that I respond to them, that's, that, that's not them. That's, 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 that's merely my own response being reflected back at me. And so understanding that is that instead of trying to change the reflection, I have to do my own inner work to change, to, to, to process and love and go through that. So that's what I'm hearing you say. Is that, is that accurate? That is on, on the spot. That is definitely accurate. Um, you are so on it. You know, I, I, I work with kids in the juvenile halls and a lot of gangbangers and stuff like nice. that. And I, I realized exactly what you just said. It's like, you would say a word, like, for example, I was in class. <laughs> And I asked the teacher for a napkin, and one of the students started attacking me. Man, what? Hall. Screaming. I said, no, I just asked for a napkin. Do I just need a nap? He's, he's screaming. He good. His eye was full of blood. He came to me. Man, don't disrespect my hood. That's what you said, man. I just wanted a nap. I didn't realize that napkin was a diss to his, his, his hood. And it made me angry. Because what if my grandma was in the store and she asked for a freaking napkin, what would you do? Yeah. But that word, because he made that word mean the word that's been around forever before he was born. Now that word triggered him. So it was like, I'm not even in that game. I don't, you know, I don't do gang life or anything like that. But it didn't matter where it was coming from, that word right there, what you just said. It couldn't, he had a button for a napkin. You couldn't mm -hmm. push that button mm -hmm. where it didn't have a meaning for us. And so what it realized is that, that we all have, we all give, we give life meaning. Yeah. He was a prime example that I'm giving everything meaning. If I said to you right now, Dylan, Musuku Masaka, Moo Moo Moo, Yah, 
feel kind of good, don't it? <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what that means. It had, <laughs> had a nice tone to it, but I'm like, yeah. Wasuku the point I was trying to, naka naka. I don't know what that is. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that the fact is, the only way, if I told you that word it meant that you were a powerful warrior, uh, you were like, oh, okay. Okay. But if yo. I told you that word it means that you was an asshole, and you never going to amount to something. Because what happened is that once I gave you the meaning of the word, now it, it affects you. It yeah. wasn't the word. Yeah. It wasn't what I just said. It was what you made in me, like you said about your brothers and saying your intelligence. Yeah. So what happened is that we begin to give power to the environment around us. Mm. Like, for example, what, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does hey, that mean? Hey, 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 thumbs up, thumbs up. Yeah, what does this job. mean? Yeah, 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 like rocking. Yeah, yeah. Ah, what does yeah. this mean? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> How did we come to that? Is it, uh, social norms, cultural norms, cultural gestures, implied subtext, you know, it's uh, agreed upon meaning or supposedly agreed upon meaning. We're, yeah. we're all we're all slaves to to the meaning that we give life. Yeah, we're all slaves to it. Yeah, you know, uh, I had one of my questions. I'm not kind of getting out. I'm all over the place. One of my no, questions no. on my on my cards was that if your wife has sex with somebody else, does that mean she doesn't love you? Uh, it depends. Don't take too long. Don't yeah, take yeah, too yeah. long. No, no, it doesn't mean she doesn't love you. It, is, it doesn't mean that she doesn't love you. It mean it, oh. it. I don't think it means that she doesn't love you. I, I, I there's so from what I've seen from this seen those situations it depends the context. Are you in a relationship that's opened or closed? Is it something that you haven't given to her that she's seeking from something else? Right? It, there's a lot of things that I think that there's a lot of unless you know the context behind of it. Now, is it is it disrespectful? Is it something is it? that you you it can be? You know, it depends on the context of the relationship. It depends on the meaning you give to it. Yeah, 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 totally. Because fact is, I, for some people. It might be, yeah, baby, I want to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, she loved me, baby. I've seen both sides. I've seen, I've seen the, the widest, the widest sides of that. Where I've seen, I, I've known people that have ended, ended the lives of the partners because of that, and I know other people that they just give a thumbs up and they're completely for it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, context is everything. You know, it's interesting because you're talking about um, uh, coaching um, um, or guiding people inside like at juvenile halls and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've done some of that work as well. I've used I've used virtual reality um, for for like incarcerated gang members and stuff. Oh, wow. and, and so I've, I've taught some stuff in those areas. And what I've what I've what I've realized that is, is there's a, a lot around this gang culture around one respect and two, not wanting to be a person that drags down the tribe. And those are like two ends of the spectrum, right? And there's a big thing around this respect that they give away all of their power because I can just poke you with a button. I can say one word to you to cause a fight. I can say, I can say, hey, hey, homie, I know that uh, you're, you know, you're this way, but we need to go out with, a, with we gotta get into a fight. You gotta protect the tribe. You got to do this. Like it, 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 they, they give away all of their power because I, with a push of the button, you have no control. You have to do a thing. And it's so interesting to watch it because they're, I need my respect. I need my respect. But they don't realize that all of that power is just given away in lieu of respect. And they'll, they'll sacrifice their life, other people's lives, 
uh, so many things over this weird this weird word of respect right. which is really interesting to me right exactly and yeah. so a lot of times they think respect means to fear me yeah they don't, they don't see respect as something as love they see something as if you fear me you respect me yeah that is, that's the meaning that a lot of them give those words and so me working you know you know you already know yeah that you see it but you know they too are like us like where am i giving my power away yeah how do you help how do you help people get their power back how do you create that there's a lot of the people like you lose your like awareness right and and you, and you give in to where like you know stimuli response you know i hit a button this happens right how do you get them to be aware and how do you get them to take their power back and ownership and not a lot of this is being the victim giving away respect giving away power where you become predictable you don't have any autonomy yeah like, I think it's very difficult because first they got to want it. First they got to want it, but then they also got to know that it even exists. Like they have to know that this power exists and that they can have it. So it's hard to want something if you don't know that it exists. So, you know, it's like sometimes I go into the room and it's like, these kids, this program has been so, they, they, they believe one, let me just say, this kid said to me, Mr. Dyer, my uncle, my grandfather, my, my father in prison, and they're running this thing, they're shot callers in prison. What I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna go get a girl pregnant and then I'm gonna go to prison and also take their place. He said, I appreciate you trying to help me, but that's okay. I signed up for this. Now, what can I say to that? The program there's, had already been set. And then the thing about that, there's like, there's like you're, you're, you, you nailed something I think is incredibly, it's really, what I've seen is one of the biggest issues is this, this is like lack of future possibility that I've seen is that if you have hope, right? If you have belief that you can change your circumstances, you can get out of this this cycle these chains that 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 keep you right and a lot of it it's, it's family right like I've, i know one of the kids that like oh my mom runs the gang and i'm in the gang because i'm in the gang my mom's like there's no way to break out or i'm gonna get out i'm gonna get a normal job how much do they get paid they get paid 15 dollars an hour i gotta take care of my my three brothers and sisters because of my dad is is, is, is a jerk how much how much uh, i'm just gonna keep in the gang life right there's no I think that there's there's no inspiration for possibility for them to get out of that cycle because the gang life is 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 what they know and it's the easiest way to survive. And then how do you inspire them? Because what you're talking about right there is really important. Like how do you inspire them to a new possibility and give them hope and instill hope in them when it's like, well, yeah, if you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, you might struggle, you might you might starve, you might whatever insert whatever things can be really hard, but how do you give them that, that that hope for that future when 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 they're they when they're then when they're when they're so deep in that pit? That's yeah. a that's a that's a, that's a I don't one. I don't I don't have an answer for you on that one, man. I'm I'm really curious to know. <laughs> I think that it goes back to my inner child. I have to look at them and see their value, see their worth. Mm. First, I got to see them value. I got to see their value. Mm. I got to be able to look at this kid, no matter what they've done and see that they're valuable and they're worthy, yeah. that they are connected to the divine. Then once I can see it, 
And then I got to show them what's possible mm. by asking them a question. What road do you want to travel? And I'll show them different pictures or videos of people who can, who can live like this and people who live like that. Which one do you want to live like? You know, I remember one time I showed these kids these beautiful homes. And, you know, YouTube sometimes, well, real estate agents, you know, they put their dress, you know, this home right here and whatever. Yeah. Kids start right now in their dress. Sam, I could rob that house. I said, you, <laughs> that's. <laughs> <laughs> because that was his, that was his mindset. I'm saying, the pattern. you can own it. Because if you rob that house, the person who owned that house, they can buy more stuff. Which person would you rather be? One kid said, I'd rather be the person who owned the house. One kid said, I'd rather. I'd rather steal because if, if I have that house, somebody's going to steal from me. You understand what I'm saying? He yeah. thought if I got this much, they would steal from me. That's a program. Now, even though we're talking about game bangers and that life, we as human beings also in our program, see the program is at different levels. I don't think anyone's free from the program. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that it looks like I got more power because I have more things. But what they're teaching me is that my job is to show them their worth. Now, maybe six people in the class, I may not reach for one. Yeah. I'm finding that sometimes I don't reach for one. Just two weeks ago, I was telling these kids how valuable they were, how important they were, how, how, and one kid got mad at me and said, sir, I'm tired of you talking. Dude, I'm tired of you talking. I signed up for this. And I looked at him and said, okay, well, I'm not talking to you, have a seat. He kept getting loud. I said, you know what? I realized at that point, he think that he chose the life that he's living. He has no idea he's been programmed to live that life. And that's how they trick us. They make us think that we're choosing it when he has no, he didn't choose that life. No one in their right mind, because I said, who would choose to be in prison with a lot of, a lot of men and give up all these beautiful women? I love women. So I'm saying, why would, who would choose that? You know what? Hey, dude, guess what? I'm going to wake up this morning. I'm going to go to jail because I love hanging out with the brothers. Yeah. You, you know, who would do that? So he believed that he was freely choosing that life. And so my thing is to try to show them without forcing them with an easy, gentle push or a tug. So what do you think about this life? You know, let's, I asked them certain questions. Who are you? And have them write about who are you? Or maybe who you used to be. How did you become the man you are today? I asked that question. How did you become the man you are today? And then they began to look at it because my father and my dad was on drugs, my mother. They began to look at it. They began to look at it. This is how I became the man I did. So if, who, now who, what man do you want to become? Or what woman do you want to become? And they write like, I want to become this kind of man. And it's never like the man they are at the moment. Yeah. They want to become something different. So once I do that, I, I just planted a seed. They realize how they became the man or woman they are today. Now they can look at, well, what, what kind of man or woman do you want to be? I want to be someone successful. I want to, you know, it changes everything. At that moment, something shifts mm. in their consciousness. Mm. You, uh, you, 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 you create a passive path of possibilities where you say, hey, th they go, I want to be here. And they realize that they're not there. And now it creates a desire versus just being happy with the status of the group, yeah. right? My status, I'm cool. I'm here. I'm hanging out with my homies. I'm earning my stripes. I'm a part of the X, Y, and Z group. So that's really interesting. Uh, let me ask you this. So I, you, 
you know, you this journey that you've gone on, um, and you know, you've done a lot of personal growth and a lot of things around inner child work with healing. And I know you work with kids and juveniles and all this. What's your, what's your holy grail? Like, what for you is your flag in the sand? What's your, what are you hoping to achieve by doing all of this personal work and working with all these people around you? Hmm. My holy grail is to, to see when the, when the, when the shift happens inside of a kid's mind, mm. they wake up. <laughs> That's the best feeling in the world. When you see something yeah. quick, like they go from darkness to light, yeah. you're like, that man, my God, it's like, I, I do this for free. I do this for free to see somebody wake up. It is that, that awakening moment is such a that's my that's my that's my stick in the sand. That's my holy grail. It is being able to see that light come on. Whoo, yeah. nothing like it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for asking that question. No, man. A, I, I'm I, experiencing it just thinking. No, about I, it. I love it. I can feel it. I could feel that it's a, it's that aha moment that like, I, it's, it's that, oh, oh, okay, this is possible. And you can, you can, that, that, that energetic shift. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's what I do with my clients. I, I you know, I look that aha moment, man. That's, it's like, it, it, that's my purpose. I feel like I'm living my purpose yeah. and I can do that. Cause, Cause that creates a sense of meaning, a sense of impact that you can feel, you can literally feel the impact you're having on them. Now it's just getting the whole cold that magic, right? That lightning in the bottle and just go, okay, we've got it. We've got it. Now let's keep it. <laughs> let's go this right. way. <laughs> right. Yeah. How do you get them? How do you keep how do you get them to keep it and hold on to it? Once they recognize it, once they're aware of it and they get that desire, they get that aha, they can feel that possibility. How do you keep them to keep how do you get them to keep it? Yeah, I think that uh that's a good question. I think that they, they can never go back. Mm. Once you wake up, you can only now pretend to be asleep. Mm. You know, I remember working with uh, some a graduate student from uh, USC. Um, I, I, I do something called experiential education. And I remember using the ropes course and I had this lady who was standing on a 35 foot, 40 foot beam called a leap of faith. And um, she was trying to have a baby. She was trying to have this, this thing. And she was standing up there and she was shaking. She was nervous. She was scared. And I brought her back to the moment by doing some coaching. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath. Be in the moment. Instead of fighting the pole and the shaking, be with it. Be with it. Don't run from it. Just be with it. Accept it. Matter of fact, I want you to do something. Make it shake more. Make it shake more. <laughs> and she began to make it shake. And even, even though she was terrified, she realized she was in control. So what it is, yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. you know, you, does, you, is that clicking? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. counterproductive. But the fact is, when you, like when I laid in that bed and said, hit me with your best shot, at that point, Yo. I have now taken control of the situation. I am now the master. And so what I can really have to get to understand is that they are the master, that they, instead of running from it, you know, accept this is who I am. And I have to do that exercise I did earlier about, you know, I forgive myself for judging myself as being stupid. The truth is that I'm smart. I'm all right. The truth mm -hmm. is I'm not the dumbest person in the world, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
it, it, it becomes, and it's, uh, then another thing is, is, is that's coming to mind, spirit speaking to me yeah. is, that here, is that, you know, okay, what if I'm dumb? I'm the stupidest person. What, what happens? Now what? Now what? What the worst? Hit me with your best shot. Yeah. Mike, you just, Mike, you, Mike die. you stupid. You're the dumbest person I ever met. Okay. <laughs> you know, you what? You are so right. I, sometimes I feel like I'm so dumb. I can't even remember my own name. Sometimes I'm so dumb. <laughs> I make dumb look dumb. You know, and it's like, once you do that, you take away the fire because the whole thing is resisting the fear, resisting the thing, fighting the, the more you the know you resist, the more it persists. You heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's also that like, uh, it's like, uh, let's say like, like, like shame can only live in darkness kind of thing. You know, and there's a thing about like, you have this thing inside of you and you're terrified. Right. And then if you get that thing out and you share it, you know, I, I had a thing where like I had this whole thing about social anxiety where I went out and I was super socially anxious and all that stuff. But then, and, and I eventually got over it. It's a longer story, but I'll, I'll spare you the, the, but then by me sharing the story, it went from being a shame spiral to being something that was actually a relatable, funny story that other people be like, yeah, I totally get the social anxiety type of thing. And so I love that, that owning it by saying, shake it now, shake it more is you're actually yeah. leaning, you're leaning into it instead of, instead of, instead of life taking you, right. You're now, you're now working with it and you're like, okay, hit me with your best shot. You're now, you're now, instead of it happening to you, you're now requesting it. And I love it. Yes. I love, I love that. And it's funny. I got a, a, one of the professors came back and told me, said, you know, the young lady you work with. Yeah, she's now pregnant with a child and she's happy as young as she said that moment with you changed her life. She came oh. to us and that was that moment where putting the flag in the ground. It's like, you know, in the yeah. sand, say, like, yes, that was like what that was worth it. I love it. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you. So if that if that's the holy grail, the flag in the sand is helping people achieve that. Aha. Uh -huh, OK, this is possible, too. And, and, and it's basically that moment of awareness of expansion of possibilities if that's the if that's the holy grail flag in the sand what's the dragon what's the thing that's super difficult to overcome that it you need to almost transform who you are or rise to the occasion to be able to overcome it to get that holy grail mm. i think that the dragon is i'm see i know what the dragon is i'm just saying i say i'm gonna just say it however it comes out mm. the dragon is is me not feeling that I I'm worthy of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy of it. Mm. For some somewhere something happened as a child that I didn't feel like I was valued. I feel like okay, my mom didn't want me, my dad didn't want me, my grandma mm. she ends up dying, leaving me, and you know I must not be valuable. So the dragon is me constantly reminding myself that I am valuable. Yeah. And, and sometimes when I say I'm valuable, I remember doing this exercise, looking in the mirror uh, of Dylan, and I, and I said to the person in the mirror, and I do this exercise with some of my clients, I said, look in the mirror and tell that person you love them just the way you are. And I looked in the mirror and I said, look, Michael, I love you just the way you are. I love you just the way you are. And that little voice in my head said, no, you don't. Look, look at you, no, you don't look at, look at you. Look, you, you. You ain't got it together, dude. I love you just the way you are. No, I'm sorry, dude. Well, look at you. You check your bank account lately. I love you just the way you are. 
and I broke down too. I cried like a baby because when I first did that, I couldn't understand why is it that I couldn't convince myself that I, that I was okay just the way I. It, it, it blew me away. And so that is my dragon is that for some reason I, I had made love had conditions. If I'm going to be lovable, I need to have this. If I'm going to be lovable, people need to admire me. If I'm going to be lovable, then I would be in a great relationship. If I'm going to be lovable, then I need to have a certain kind of gear on. And so what that is the lie. That's where you keep that's why you keep seeking love and you never find it because you can't i once heard i read a book and said your worth has already been established and you're very valuable there is nothing for you to do your worth has already been, your worth has already been established by the creator of the universe your worth has already been established by the creator there is nothing you need to do. And even though I heard that, right? And that's, it's an everyday path. It's an everyday work to say, I am love. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so that's my drag. My drag is my inner demon constantly every day. Or some days I have a good days. Sometimes I look at my conditions and, oh man, I could do better. Yeah. You know, my life could be better. And that's where, the judgment comes in. Dude, I mean, it, it lands for me, man. I feel you on that one. I think it's, I think it's, I, I think a lot of people, I mean, including myself, is this, am I worthy of love? Oh, well, you'll be worthy when, insert this, you need to have X, Y, Z in order to, you know, be worthy of love or be valuable, you know, the versus just saying you're, you, you are, you are loved as is. And it's, a, it's that balance because there's a fear inside. I think there's a deep seated fear around the fact that, if I give myself that, then I'm going to just turn into a uncaring, unmotivated, sloppy mess that will achieve nothing and will end up dying alone, broke in a ditch somewhere because I don't care because I gave myself that love. Right. I think there's a sub there's a subtext that goes on there that I don't want to I'm, I'm holding on this fear and this unworthiness as a tool to propel me somewhere so that I can be worthy and I can be loved. And if I give that away, if I if I let go of the fear and I let go of the, the the guilt or I let go of the unworthiness, then I won't achieve what I need to achieve and I will be someone that is not worthy of the tribe or XYZ. And so I, I I've seen that. I've seen that in myself. Um, and I've seen that in other people too, of not wanting to let go of that. It's interesting. It is. It yeah. is. So how do, so what's the answer? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't have an answer uh, for myself. The thing what comes to me at least a little bit is yeah, loving yourself, loving myself as is and saying you are worthy of love as is. And at the same time, the point of life for myself personally is to expand, to grow not just for myself, but for the people that depend on me. I have a saying, for them I am. For mm -hmm. them I'm strong enough, for them I'm worthy, for them I'm capable, for them I'm enough. And for them, you know, it, it's a motivating, if, if, if I can't do it for myself, do it for other people. And I think finding enough loving myself 
for myself and then being more for the others that depend on me is the way that I find balance in my life personally. That's I beautiful. Can't, I can't That's speak beautiful. to others. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, what just came to me is that um, we should probably give a, let the word love go for a while yeah. and use, I accept myself. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Accepted. Even then, so it's like you accept yourself, even though you ain't got no money. I accept myself. I accept myself. You know, because love, that word has been played with, you know, you got too many songs about it. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't really represent itself very well. Because some people, you know, what? I'm actually going to, I'm going to add to that. I'm going to go add to that. I can, I, I, I'm going to take it one step farther with that. I'm, I'm, I like the idea of, I, I like letting go of love. I like to accept. I'm going to, I'm going to lean into it, not just accept, but embrace. Ooh, keep I'm going I'm going to embrace who I am. Like the, the shaking, I'm not just going to accept it shaking. I'm going to embrace the shaking, right? And I love that. I, I don't just accept myself. I embrace myself for who I am. I embrace my situation. I embrace the shaking pole. I embrace the situation. I don't just, I'm not, don't love, not love. I don't just accept, but I embrace it. I, I want. How does that look though to embrace yourself? What's that? What's that look like? I think Take me I, a picture. For me personally, embracing is, is not only accepting, but leaning in. Right, accepting is this is here. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Give me an example. Give me an example. So, like so, okay, so okay, so an example of that would be um, uh, 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 I'm on the I'm on the road and my car breaks down. Okay, I'm on the road. My car breaks down. I'm on the side and okay, I'm gonna have to accept that this is where I'm at and this is this is what I'm doing and I'm gonna be late for my meeting and that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna accept it. That's one energy. At least for me, that's one energy that I feel. If I go, you know what? I'm gonna embrace this. I'm gonna embrace this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this time. I'm gonna open my notebook. I'm gonna journal it. I'm gonna make the most out of the situation. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take the situation as a gift, not just accepting for what it is and just dealing with it, but actually looking at this moment and embracing it as an as an opportunity, as a gift, as a, as something to be cherished, not something just to be accepted. So that's, that's what powerful. I, that's I love that. Out. You know, when you were saying that, mm. the embrace part, I got this warm, fuzzy feeling in my body. <laughs> because I, that, that, that fuzzy feeling is more important to me than the word love. Yeah. And I think that if, 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 if I had to describe love, it would be that warm, fuzzy feeling I got when you said that I'm going to just embrace this moment. I'm going to take out my journal, my book or whatever. I'm going to embrace where I am right now. That is, it, it, it put an emotional, uh, emotional feel to accept. Accept, I, like you said earlier, I accept who I am right now. But when I embrace it, it's just like holding a baby. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Or, you, you know what I mean? I embrace. Oh, yeah. that's kind of, dude, that's, that's nice. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh, you just kind of you kind of pulled it out your hat. You didn't know that was coming. No, no, I didn't. No, no. Yeah, was no, we're playing. We're playing jazz right now. That's what we're, we're doing. Playing jazz, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Michael, this has been an, an absolute pleasure to have you on this show. Um, it's been really fun to go back and forth with you on this one. I'd like to say this: is there is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? Hmm. I want to let them know about um, 
my book called Woke. Mm. It's talk, it kind of talks about my life and my journey. And it's not just a book with, um, you know, about to read, but I have a workbook inside. So you get to journal nice. inside of the book because what I realized is that I was reading all these books from back in the day and I would read them, but there was nowhere for me to add myself into it. So this book right here, now you get to put yourself into it. You get to answer questions, experience what you're, what you're reading rather than just reading it. Mm. Um, that, that was very powerful for me. It's interesting because I, I grew up being dyslexic. So this book is a miracle because oh. being judged as dyslexic, meaning uh, you can't read, I wrote things backwards. It was very difficult. Yeah. And the next thing I want people to know about is that I created these relationship cards on Etsy. Mm. Uh, it's called Authentic Connection. And what these cards are about is uh, having authentic uh, conversation with people. And when I say authentic conversation, meaning a lot of times we don't ask the right questions. Now, each question that I created uh, has a subtitle behind it. If you're able to read it, you get a chance to know the person. Oh, let me just do one real quick. Yeah, I was right. going to ask you to do one real quick. Yeah, that'd be it great. says right here. It says, uh, when you say I love you, what does that mean you're going to do for that person? Answer. Mm. Listen is what comes to mind for me. Powerful. Yeah. Listen. So everybody may have a different meaning for that, what they might do for that person. Somebody said they would do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. What are you doing for you know, me? Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> um, another one is, this is, this is easy. Uh, pick four people you know that could help you survive on a desert island for 10 years. Who, who, who are they and why? Now that question right there deals with the fact is the resource, being resourceful. Do you have people in your life that you can depend on? It tells a lot about who you are. If I ask you to name four people that you, that you, you know, you would mind being deserted on the desert, it tells me what kind of person you, if you pick all women, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm mean, a lady doctor, yeah, I, I have blah, 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 my, my yoga teacher, you know, it <laughs> sort of tells you who you are. If you look at what people will tell you who, 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 who they are by, with these questions. So you get to know them on a deeper level. And wouldn't it be great though, to have, to have someone love you just the way you are. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that over 90% of relationships dating, not necessarily marriage, but a lot of times they don't work or they'll last but two years or whatever. Maybe if they, if, if they last two years, because we're not having a real conversation. And wouldn't it be great though, to have someone, I mean, you already have that relationship, but so somebody, somebody else who's listening right now, wouldn't it be great someone to accept you, to embrace you, Mm-hmm. just the way you are and so you get to play this game you, you know it, it's, it's 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 not for a, a group of people it's for intimate conversation uh, because i feel that's what's missing super powerful uh, every yeah i i'm 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 very big believer I, one of the things i say because i run the you know hero's journey framework is that every quest starts with a question and you can't get started until someone points you in the direction with a question and it really orients yourself so I think I think powerfully framed questions can can really lead you into a place that you you never knew you were going to go. So I think it's I think it's beautiful. For your book, though, I know that's on Etsy, and we'll we'll have, we'll have these links. No, in the book show notes. the book is actually on Amazon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. On on Amazon, is it Kindle too? Just 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 Amazon. No, no, no. But what, what I'm saying is, is there a digital version of it, or is it all paperback, hard book? 
Oh yeah, you know there is a uh, Kindle as well. Kindle as well. Okay, yeah. cool. Awesome, awesome. Um, and so one thing, uh, Audible, no Audible, right? No Audible at this time. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, one fun fact for anybody that doesn't know this though um, is if you have a Kindle book, um, if you have the iPhone, you can go to speech to text inside the uh, accessibilities, and you can go to Kindle and you can swipe down and it will literally read you the book. So if you're an audible reader, an audio reader, and you don't want to, and maybe you're dyslexic like me, I'm someone who like, you, I, me too, right? I, I use, I use that feature for books that are in Kindle. So you can use your Kindle book and you can, you have it, you can have it still be read to you. So um, that's another, that's another option for anybody out there that wants to um, still process your book. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I love it. And so those, those will be in the show notes. Um, we'll, uh, Michael, will have you send me the, the notes, the links afterwards. We'll put those in the notes that anybody that wants to access them can just go to the Heroes of Rally page, uh, click on the show notes bottom, and they'll be available in there um, for anybody to go. And I would encourage, um, I think those, I think having a good list of questions, um, I would, I'd actually highly recommend um, if, for anybody that has them to put that in their glove compartment box. So in case you know, you ever get into something with your lady, you want to have a deep conversation with her. And you're like, baby, maybe actually, actually, I know where I know, I know you're mad at me right now, but, but actually I got you a gift. I got you a gift. Hold on one second. And you break out Michael's emergency gift. And you say, babe, I've been, I've been thinking about you all day. I got 144 questions. Let's have a conversation. Don't worry about you being mad about this. I got this other gift for you. So I think it could be a, a, a wonderful thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And you won't get through the 444. I mean, one comment, one, one would last hours. Yeah. You know, this one more I just want to read to you. Describe the type of person you want to share your life with physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And what that did is that you began to know what that person is looking for. You know, what kind of person you want to be with? Because you'll you decide, okay, am I that person? So yeah. Thank it. you, my man. Thank you. And if people want to find you personally, how do they reach out to you? Oh, wow. So um, you can go to coachwithzen.com. Mm -hmm. And that's my, that's my website. Coach with Zen. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. And also you can reach me at m1dyer at yahoo. Um, m is in Michael, one dyer, dyer. At yahoo, right. At yahoo. And if you go to my website, that also send you directly to me. Um, if you have, you want to call me and you want to make an appointment or do a session or some coaching, you can reach me at 323-974-7252. Beautiful. Beautiful. Michael, absolute honor and pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've had an amazing time rapping with you. Um, have a blessed and beautiful day, my friend, and I'll, I'll see you on the other side. Appreciate you. Appreciate you too. Take care now. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes or to apply to be on the show. If you're interested about becoming a coach in VR, check out Dylan's Becoming a Master Coach in Virtual Reality course at heroesofreality.com slash VR coach. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the other side.